Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Audi on Twitter. I write for DLF and this is in fact a member of the DLF family of podcasts. We like to try and, well, we don't know since this is the first post-Jake episode. I don't know what we like to do, but I'm going to try and figure something out. Um, mostly we'd like to try and bring different ideas from the two separate halves of fantasy football, the film and anal- analytics. I mostly handle analytics. Um, I'm going to be bringing on guests to try and handle the film and provide other perspectives. Mostly uh, we're just going to try and bring different ideas together, try and find a middle ground and form opinions as best we can. Um, the person I was meant to have on today is actually uh, Stompy, uh, former Scott Fishbowl champion. Um, unfortunately, he decided to go on dark mode, I guess, as a break after the the points-getting season of the 2019 era. Um, like the day after he said he would come on here today, and I have no other way of contacting him. So... I, I don't know where he is. He's ran off. Essentially, he's too scared. Um, is the best I can figure. I don't know. Um, so I'm just trying to get a podcast out for this week to keep up our schedule. Um, I, I really planned to talk to Stompy, so I didn't have anything in mind. Fortunately, um, since there is no off-season and you're all sick, sick people, I'm already getting 2020 questions, which is like, you know... I could, I was hoping to get some sleep or something, but no. And instead, I've been trying to furiously update my um, college market share database, which is, for many boring reasons you shouldn't care about, a chore. Uh, to be fair, at this point, it's um, 11 years worth of data going back to every college player ever, and I'm just trying to pull out the ones that are NFL relevant and not so NFL relevant, anyone that records a stat in the NFL. Um, and trying to update it. Uh, for the 2019 college season so that it can update what players look like as they may or may not declare. And I'll point out, we we don't really know who's in the 2020 class. That's my favorite thing to point out right now on Twitter. I really have no idea, let alone 40 times or anything else. So it's really early. But, um, you know, there is no off-season. So to keep with the spirit, I've been updating my database, essentially, uh, pulling in the relevant numbers for uh, all the relevant players we have right now. I have a list of 150 with 150 data of births, and so that's what I've got to work with right now. So I just thought I'd do a quick look at 
what I'm actually seeing. And and honestly, you know, there are names thrown around on Twitter and some often enough I can't help but know them. But I really know no I don't watch any college. I know nothing about college football. And I kinda like it that way for doing NFL evaluations for rookies. Um they're just they're literally just names to me. Um there are a few um that I noticed from last year because everyone thought they would declare last year and they in fact went back to college, as does happen. Um that I know a little bit more about. But anyway, I, I thought I'd just mention a few of the names that are for one reason or another standing off. I'll get into um, lots more on rookie evaluation and tend to do live streams and videos on individual players throughout the off season. So I plan to dig in a little bit more individually. Um, um, so we'll get into it more, but this is just a brief initial look. All right, um, why don't I get to it? Um, for a start, I'm just going to start off on the weakest, what I feel is like my weakest numbers evaluation. Like I, like everyone else, is, there's a lot that goes into every evaluation. Again, bringing those different ideas together is really w what gives us the best chance in our rookie drafts. Um, but uh, running back numbers, for me, or at least notoriously in my mind, are, are troublesome. Um, because running back is so much more about opportunity than it is about any innate talent. And while there are different levels of it, let's not quite have that debate right now, um, it, it's really hard to do it just on a numbers basis. I, I think it's the trick as evaluation. Having said that, um, something that clearly jumps off the page, having been told about this class for three years now and seeing it all over Twitter right now, this is meant to be a running back class? That's really surprising to me, just looking at the broad numbers and the amount of production. Like, there is hardly anyone. Like I said, there are some that all, just always jump out. Saquon Barkley leaped off the damn page. So did LaShawn McCoy, for example. Like, this hap that happens. I mean, it's tough, but it's not that tough. None of them, really, from the 2020 class. And again, it's early. I haven't looked... But, like, I didn't have to look very far to see Saquon Barkley's numbers. David Montgomery jumped out as, okay, there's a there's a productive player, and, you know, his rookie season probably wasn't what you wanted, but he certainly wasn't a bust. And he did things in the NFL, so that was nice. And I'm seeing a lot more of that or below than anything that goes to Saquon Barkley. Left. And, again, running back is a trickier evaluation, so I'm 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 not delivering a final uh, opinion here but just looking over the three different positions because quarterback I'm just leaving until someone forces me to um, look at it uh, like uh, I don't see it I'm not seeing it it's not jumping off the page I mean um, my my first initial look what I do is I just take the last three classes and compare them across my favorite stats and um, there there are some names in the 2020 class hitting the top over the last three years. Um, but like the name on the top right here is Cam Akers. And I don't, that's not a name that sticks out to me. So I'm assuming that's not someone everyone's been losing their minds on for the last three years. Um, one that actually was not that elite tier, but in terms of number profiles, but did look really interesting. Like, I was like, okay, I, I can see that guy. And I think I've heard this name before, A.J. Dillon. Um, really productive through ages 19 to 21, coming out maybe this year from Boston College, according to this. 
um, uh, and total dominator rating, which is where I combine rushing and receiving production together. He was really productive for three straight years, and that sticks out to me. Again, with running back, I don't actually think the consistency matters as much as some of the other positions, like um, from last year's class, the name that jumps to mind is uh, Sanders. Um, he was held behind other running backs and just broke out in those last year. And that's proving to me mostly true in the NFL as well. Like, he's definitely a good receiver and so on and so forth. So I'm not sure the consistency matters, but his A.J. Dillon's numbers overall look solid, really good. Um, compared to most of these classes, kind of an up and down class. Like, Eno Benjamin, is that the guy everyone's been waiting for for three years? He has a height... In terms of total dominator rating, he has the highest um, of the class. Is that true? Oh, that's in the top 10 here. That seems to be true. Let me scan over to uh, best year. Oh, no. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn. That might be a name of her before. Then Eno Benjamin. Um, then Chubba Hubbard. Then Cam Akers. That's top four in terms of their best um, total domination season. Um, if I skip over to my pre-draft model, I really don't trust my running back pre-draft model. That's where my tre trepidation comes on. Um, but again, Cam Akers tops the class. Uh, just uh, that's without even being able to weigh in athleticism, let alone draft capital, which is the most important for running back. Um, followed short, followed fairly distantly actually by Chubba Hubbard, Eno Benjamin, and then AJ Dillon. And again, um, AJ Dillon's a name that just keeps coming up just enough. Um, that he's looking interesting, but following the Zach Reed rule, um, he seems to have zero seasons with 20 receptions or more, which is bad. Um, in fact, from the 2020 class, take out 2018 and 2017, okay, there's one guy, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, that's another name that kept was coming up in some other stats I was looking at that I like to look at from my initial look. Like, he's had... Uh, 40% of the team's rushing yards since age 18. That's really good. Um, that's good to see. Three years with 20 receptions or more. Okay, J.K. Dobbins might be the guy who's standing out to me more than A.J. Dillon from my initial look. Um, again, like both of these, those guys look great. Um, and Vaughn has some interesting numbers here too. DeAndre Swift is coming up. I think I've heard that name. Travis Etienne. Um, only one one season with 20 receptions or more, but really productive in the rushing game over the last two years. Um, yeah, I was I, I I honestly expected to be like, oh, okay, I shouldn't have been mocking this class so badly. Um, and I'm sure as time goes on, I'll, I'll see some more. I hope, but right now, I like I'm really disappointed. If that's what everyone. For what I'm looking at in my initial look is what everyone has been telling people to trade their lives away, then something's going wrong <laughs> with our evaluation if that's what they've been driving us crazy with for three years. I'm sorry, it's just not there. Depth of crap is still, is still crap. Like, I don't want mountains of crap. Or mountains of, okay. Or mountains of good Trent Richardson first years, and then, wow, I wish I'd drafted someone else. Um, and maybe that's not it, but I was really disappointed looking at the running back numbers to start with. Plenty of rushing production, fairly mediocre receiving production, and where we like to look at a player holistically, it's going to be a landing part in draft 
capital dependent with running back anyway. But yeah, that, that's my initial impression. Disappointment after so much hype. The wide receivers, I see a little bit more positivity. Actually, I see a lot more positivity than running back. Just just looking at it, literally opening up the spreadsheet after crunching crunching the data set to have it spit out some numbers. Um, I, I see plenty of players that are turning into the top 10 um, from the last three draft classes, for example. Now, I see no one I like as much as DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, or AJ Brown coming in. Now, AJ Brown scored significantly low, lower than some of them in production metrics that you're all going to see when I release the database. But there was a lot on the profile, which you can go back and listen to us uh, talk about and see it in my database, that really stood out about AJ Brown, Cortland Sutton, that made them interesting. Um, but DJ Moore, like, uh, he's still kicking the crap of everyone that's come out in the last three years in terms of rookie profiles. Like, the, um, there's no one in this class. Now, Tyler Johnson actually scores slightly higher on some of my favorite metrics, like production score, which is, uh, I use, it's a score that I can apply to all three positions that just weighs how productive they were compared to productive players in the NFL over the last uh, eight years, I think it is. And Tyler Johnson actually scores better on that than DJ Moore. But as I think I've already mentioned on the crossroads, and I've definitely mentioned on Twitter, Tyler Johnson has one of those orange flags on his profile for going back and playing a fourth year. Um, and again, we'll dig into why that's necessary more than not um, as we go on. He's coming from Minnesota. Um, he was slightly more productive at age nine. Well, he's twice as productive in terms of dominator rating. Um, then uh, DJ Moore, age 19, about the same as productive at age 20. But DJ Moore was a lot more productive at 18, which is where I always lean. Uh, better production early it was always always what's going to give someone an edge over for me, which is why like someone like Christian Kirk and Nikhil Harry would also stand head and shoulders above Tyler Johnson for me because he went back to school and didn't produce as much as early. Um, again, that's just an initial impression. The two of the names that are coming up here from uh, Brian Edwards, who I do remember a lot from last year because he, he nearly came out last year as well. He's still looking like a really solid, strong prospect. Jalen Ragor, who I'm going to say it like he's from like, Ragor, like a Transylvanian name. That seems more fun to me. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely coming up, and I've heard of him too. Um, C.D. Lamb as well. Both of these... Uh, C.D. Lamb has, uh, you know, he was fairly productive at age 18, impressive enough. Um, and he does have that nice steady progression that most wide receivers have, becoming slightly more progressive each year. That's definitely a good thing. Doesn't hit the high notes of a DJ Moore um, or a Nikhil Harry or Christian Kirk uh, or, or an A.J. Brown. or, But um, they're, they're definitely in the same weight class. You know, they're, fight, they're fighting in the same uh, arena here. They don't need a... Uh, a, a thick, not elite line behind them or anything. Um, Cortland Sutton was definitely more productive than all of them from this class from age 20, 19 to 21, for example. AJ Brown, like I said, had the heights and some other interesting numbers. Now, an, a name that was come that I have noticed, and the players that are always more interesting to me aren't the ones that everyone's going to be arguing one, two, or three over because we we pretty much know that landscape by the time a rookie draft's coming along and we're arguing over egg, the difference between the color of eggs, frankly. Um, but a name that sh or two that has shown up that I'm not sure will show up 
for everyone. Like I haven't heard them before. They look a little deep, just my initial impression. And I'm really kind of interested to dig in more into their actual profile and see what's behind it. One, I want to know why Tyler Johnson, he went back to school, but his production, like he was half as productive as he was this last year. And he played 12 games. So I want to know who was who was dominating those yards to take him away from Tyler Johnson. Like, there's a story there, and I need to know more about it. Um, but another name I really want to look into is Antonio uh, Gandhi-Golden. It's a hyphenated name, Gandhi-Golden, from Liberty. No idea if that's a good school for football or not. Um, he has a really similar profile to Michael Gallup. Um, I'm just going to leave it like that. Like, he was incredibly productive age 20 and 21, and it seems to be out of nowhere. Uh, I'll check the numbers to make sure he didn't, and dig into his profile to make sure he didn't come from a community college or something. I just don't have those numbers. I think that's what happened with Gallup. But, like, um, he's coming up in that Gallup range for me, and that's really interesting, especially for a name I haven't heard before. Maybe maybe you all like, oh, yeah, Gandhi, Gandhi Golden. Everyone knows Gandhi Golden. Um, I've never heard that name before, and that's he's got a really interesting profile just off the riff. Um, who's the other guy that uh, I noticed that I thought was gonna? There's a there's an age eighteen. There's three guys. Let me check here to be sure where I have numbers in front of me. Why don't I just say it? Yeah, the three players in the 2020 class that might be in the 2020 class with an age 18 breakout age, which you know is a really positive factor in my research and evaluations. Um, Nikhil Harry, uh, Christian Kirk had it, for example. Um, And I was a really big fan of those players and still am. Um, uh, Kevin Johnson's big guy broke out at 18, obviously. But um, McLean Mannix... Definitely never heard that name before from Nevada. So whatever that school is, he's from there. Um, but uh, he broke out at the age of 18. Um, but he's coming up really low in most numbers. And so I was just, you know, cursory glancing through. Um, he had a 22% dominator rating at age 18, 26 at 19. So a progression. Um, and and already over the breakout threshold of 20 for most sites. Most sites consider it 20. I think Rotoviz does 25. But um, His market share of receptions went down in his second year, though. His receiving yards went up still, so he must have got a lot more efficient. Um, but in his third year, he just falls off. And it looks like he played the same amount of games. He played 12 games. Um, But he goes from catching 778 yards, 875 yards, to 248 all of a sudden last year. Um, Only getting 7% of the receptions and 6% of the receiving yards. So again, maybe everyone listening to that is like, oh yeah, McLean Maddox, we all know that story. I don't. Uh, I don't know why this guy who was really productive early didn't progress further in his second year and then just seemed to fall off the map despite being on the field for 12 games in his third year. And so that's that's a story I really want to go find out more about. Um again, just uh looking at looking at cursory just looking at the initial re- results. The, that's a name that stands out to me. Yeah, Gandy Golden and uh, Mannix here. I want to know a lot more about them before I really have a firm any kind of opinion. Um but those are two names that I think might be deeper which are really drawing my eye right now for one reason or another. Um, 
Yeah, and that's it. Uh, you've got Tyler Johnson at the top of the class. In terms of who's been the most productive for his team, it's Tyler Johnson. And Brian Edwards, very productive, but we talked about him a little last year. And even in his profile, despite being productive, you can see it's not not in the same manner uh, as wide receiver ones or what you would expect a wide receiver one to do. But I think he definitely could be a good NFL player just looking at the numbers here. Um, Jalen Regor saying it like he's from Transylvania, C.D. Lamb, these guys are the ones that stand out above um, above the fold uh, pretty easily. And then there's some more interesting names like Gandy Golden and Mannix. I, I want to know more about. Um, in terms of depth at wide receiver, I, I think this might be closer to what 2018 was. And I, I'm a big fan of the 2018 class. And they all broke out this year, kind of proving the point. Um, I might be a bigger class a fan of this class than I was of last year's class. And we've had some good results from last year's class. So certainly not not trying to be negative. My, my instinct is always to try to disagree. You might have noticed. That's why I, I, I think I work well on a foil, as a foil on a podcast. Um, and so where everyone's really positive, I'm going to be trying to see the negative. And so don't let that overly influence you. If, if my tone or my lack of excitement about those running backs really hurts your feelings, it's just my instinct. As time goes on, maybe I'll catch up with everyone, but I can't. it's my instinct to think uh, the opposite is true. Just, uh, I don't know, just because I'm an asshole, like I say. Um, tight end, just quickly. I have, how many prospects do I have from the 2020 class at tight end right now? It's always less. Um, I have about 11 names at tight end. The only one that's really, you know, without ha having to dig in, into these players more is Harrison Bryant, was it? Uh, I just unselected them. Yeah, Harrison Bryant. Um, very productive. Scores, yeah, again, just a cursory glance similar to Hawkinson and Fant in some interesting ways. And um, tight end is so much more about athleticism and size, though, until the combine. I'm not going to have a great opinion of them either. Um, but again, in terms of productivity, uh, what he did for his team age 20 and 21, um, very significant, very, very interesting prospect at tight end in Harrison Bryant. All right, so again, this database, I'm still working on, still working out some kinks. Um, I'm going to spend the off-season trying to improve, perfect, uh, and uh, advance my models uh, and my metrics that I use for rookie evaluation. But more and more as I go into this, while I try and produce a single number, and that's what my models are for, as well as production score, to give you, you know, my ranking and my overall view of a class, the more I do this, the more it becomes a matter of you have to have three or four things that you like to look at. You put together a picture of who they are, a profile or a picture, and then you add more information to it. So uh, obviously when I start talking to other people, I'll completely deny being this reasonable in order to make podcasts more fun. But uh, where this is just you know me talking about what I see, much more raw um, opinion on data, I, I'm not playing playing me today this is just me um me talking um hopefully i'll be able to produce a lot more recognizing a lot sooner than i was planning to since everyone seems awfully eager for it right now um this database i don't know uh, it'll probably take me another week because i want to tidy it up and i do want to improve some things for example 
um, yards, touchdowns from the lines of scrimmage and per team pass play, which people were really into last year, last off season. Something broke in my formulas. Um, I have to fix all that to get that data back in here right now. I've just got the standard market share stats, um, production metrics, college dominator and stuff like that. And so I want to try and fix those before I release it. Um, but it should be up and I'll post it. Um, it's already pinned to my timeline, but the update of the 2019 year for the 2020 class um, is going to be out in the next week. I'll post it and pin it back to the top of my Twitter timeline and post it all over Patreon, as is my want. Um, all right. Uh, I hope you guys are really enjoying the players. My main takeaway from looking at this rookie class and remembering how much fun rookie classes is. Like, I'm awash with ideas and things I don't want to try. But it's also to remember to enjoy the playoffs. In about two weeks, you'll be desperate for another Titans playoff game. Um, as fun as the offseason is, it's a lot more fun when we already have football to watch while we think about rookies. I, I think we forget that sometimes. Like, um, be sure to enjoy the last remnants of football that we have before uh you know the 2020 draft is over and training camp and all that annoying wait so i hope you really hope you're enjoying the playoffs i am we had some upsets it's been some really interesting games to watch um it's nice to see some different things happen for a change that's all i'm going to say about that but also um we've seen some really interesting play derrick henry dominating and it's I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the um, player season. Hope you are too. Um, I'll catch you next week when I will have a guest on so I can play more of myself um, and hopefully be a little more entertaining with a little bit more firm opinions. I just wanted to get one out to you this week so we keep up with the schedule and you know what's going on what I'm looking at. Anyway, uh, thanks for checking out The Crossroads. If you did, I will talk to you again next week with guest one way or the other. Um, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks very much. Yeah Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so Pete enumerates the plays are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that I like mortar Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore I am at a crossroads Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold so, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.